Hello and welcome to The Gift of Addiction. My name is Bertie Fagan and my guest today is Catholic priest Steve Sin. Steve is also a Jesuit and he has devoted his life to the service of others and particularly has endeavoured to help those struggling with homelessness and addiction. He ran the parish in King's Cross, St. Canis for many years and for my listeners who may be overseas, King's Cross is an area in Sydney that is renowned for uh, its criminal element. It's got a bit of a seedy underbelly to it. It's been somewhat gentrified in recent years, but uh, when Steve was there, it was certainly, it had a, a big criminal element, certainly a big drug element, a lot of homeless people, a lot of crime. And Steve, I understand you were the parish priest there for 18 years. I was, Bertie, yeah. And um, uh, I don't know what I did wrong for that, but that's how it is. <laughs> I actually, they were the best years of my life. Uh, that's, that's a remarkable um, thing to say, yeah. Steve. And can you uh, provide just a little bit of background on how it was that you were there as the parish priest and you ended up running a shelter for these homeless people where they could both... Uh, sleep and and eat and and mm. most importantly find love and and care. Sure. Um, well, uh, yeah, we had uh, we had a kitchen, Canis's kitchen, that was operating every day for lunch for the, for the street people, um, and um, people would also the street people would also sleep on the porch of the church. Um, I, I let them do that. Um, and uh, I suppose when I came to the parish, uh, I mean, it is in King's Cross, and I had to make a choice. Either these people on the streets and the addicts are not homeless, and the three go together often. Um, they, I either ignored them and kept them away, or I welcomed them, and I decided they would be welcomed. I remember once... Um, there was a big fight in the church, in the, on the steps between a Maori woman and this bloke. I was late getting back from mass, and so they were, and she pulled a knife on him, and he ran through the church, and everyone was waiting for mass, and um, he slammed the door of the sacristy, wooden door, uh, in her face, and she was plunging the knife into the wooden door of the sacristy. And, uh, you know, and I arrived and the congregation weren't happy at all. And the, um, the sacristan said to me, I'm resigning and you're doing no good here. And uh, I remember that was a kind of a uh, turning point for me. I either had to decide uh, to um, clear the porch and get rid of all the people sleeping there or, um, or, or allow them to stay. And... Um, I remember getting up and saying uh, to that congregation waiting for mass, um, look, that was unacceptable behaviour and um, they're going to apologise for that. And um, But don't ever think we're any different. Don't ever think we don't stab one another in the back and have... Um, don't ever think we don't... Uh, we may not shout as openly as they do, but we do, the, we're as, we do as much... Uh, um, there's as much conflict in our lives as there is in their lives, and we're much more subtle 
than they are and we slip in the knife that it's unseen and um and not only that these people in an hour's time will be in one another's arms but we'll hold on to our our hurts and what someone's done to us and our grudges and our anger and for for generations often for you know years and years and they don't they that that goes like the wind so that was a turning point for me and i made those homeless people the center of the parish and they either accepted that or they or you know that was it um i was if they didn't want me then fine but that's what the parish was going to how it was going to be and uh um and i'm grateful i i couldn't not do that i mean the very heart of the gospel is that jesus was rejected and and judged and um spat upon and um and and physically hit um and in the end murdered these people are are present us with his face um they they challenge our judgments um, they challenge what we consider to be um people who are worthwhile they 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 challenge our fears our anxieties um so they're a great gift to us um and uh and while you might say that they 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 also made me aware that um i'm not um someone who can come and solve people's problems i'm not someone who can you know we we're faced with those peop people on the steps or coming on the streets or the addicts on the street and they they're very confronting as i said um it's like going around a bomb site people are just staggering around they're off their heads um um don't know where they are what's going on and uh that's very demanding when you know these people um Dave, I and remember, so they chat sorry sorry to interrupt i I, yeah. I remember actually visiting the church there one time uh and i just remember the first thought that came to my mind was just how grateful i immediately felt uh because I saw these people you were looking after and at the time I had actually been out all night long and all I wanted to do was go home and um my mother took intentionally took me past uh St Canna's church to see you and have a cup of tea with you and right. I immediately stopped feeling sorry for myself and um yeah. i just think what you were doing there is so remarkable steve and you did that for 18 years i know you don't know this but a lot of people actually call you saint steve for everything you've done there <laughs> yeah well i don't know what i did to deserve that and uh, you won't get away they won't get away with that easy to <laughs> to call uh, but um i so what what they do is um uh they offer us a humanity uh, their own humanity and that, and uh um i remember one one woman saying to me um or was it a woman i can't remember now but she said to me i've got feelings you know sometimes we forget these people are we see them as addicts or we see them as street people or we street, see them as um you know um fearful or ugly or 
but they're actually human beings with feelings. You know, they're not any different. Um, and their lives are out of, they're not coping. And, and we have no idea the story behind that. We have no, we haven't, we're just looking at that and saying, I'm just glad I'm not like that. And, but you know what? Um, our lives aren't so different um, at all. Um, and what they have um, uh, is their humanity. And they have their, um, a community there on the, fr- on the, on the streets where they're not judging one another. And uh, they offer that to me, their humanity, um, their friendship. Um, And it's been a wonderful gift to me um, that uh, those relationships I had with those people in the parish, as is the friends I have now. Um, And Steve, you told me that you'd never met an atheist on, on the streets. No, no, you, I've never met an atheist on the street that, and they, they, um, they respect me as a priest. They somehow give me my priesthood because they, um, you know, priesthood is about holding up people's anguish to God and, they, and I can be in their presence and hold that anguish with them and um, that makes, I'm never more a priest than as I am with them. Um, Can I quickly ask you why you uh, were inspired to join the priesthood in in the first place? You you told me earlier you've now been a Jesuit for 50 years. Congratulations on on your service. But what was your inspiration in early days to join the priesthood and how how long did your training take? I I joined the Jesuits back in 1967 and I... Was 18. I just left school, and uh, it'd be an unusual decision to make now because. But in those days, there were large groups of people who were who were making that choice, and I, I could see that they, it was the, it was a, a choice of um, that was. Um, um, they did. They they were happy, and they seemed they were living a worthwhile life. Um, I, I, my first memory of wanting to be a priest was um, in the back seat of the car. We were going to mass, and uh, my parents were talking about my oldest brother, who's an who's an alcoholic, who's now dead. But they were worried about him, and um, I remember picking up a, a, a holy picture, and the back of that picture, holy picture is a picture of a saint, some saint on the front and back of it. There was these words, and that if someone in the family becomes a priest, everyone will go to heaven. So I, I remember I was about six, I think, thinking, well, I'll become a priest and um, everyone will be, everything will be all right. And that's really what I still do, holding up people's, in that case, it was my parents' anguish, but, um, but you hold that up to God. Um, you see, we haven't got the answers to our own issues. People aren't problems, but people have real you know, human beings, the damage we do to one another living together, the violence, the psychological, physical, emotional violence living together in families, in, in our society, the economic systems we have, the, 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 the way people behave, there's a huge amount of pain and anguish that, and particularly people who are growing up are sensitive, that, that we just absorb 
and damage us and we're so damaged and so so there's so much distress um, and the street people are kind of barometers of our society as much as anything else and they're kept they're kept powerless because people want to say well people want to um, contrast themselves and have an enemy and 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 make them the scapegoat of, of, of society whereas they are a mirror for all of us um, and they are um, totally not they don't judge themselves uh, they um, are very accepting of one another um, and forgiving um, and uh, they don't you know there's not we can have counsellors and financial managers and psychologists and psychiatrists and medical people and all that. But in the end, um, I do believe that um, there is another presence. And, I, you know, the, they, for me, it's the presence of Jesus in our lives, his spirit that holds us together and, and gives peace and consolation and, and healing and strength. And... Uh, um, that is what they deeply want and they show that what we all, in a way, deeply want. Um, Can I ask you, Steve? Close, but they're closer to him than we are because they know that, that that's all they've got. You know, they know that God is all they've got. They've got nothing else. They've got no money or power or um, respect others, respect of others. Right. So that... But, you know, Jesus doesn't let them go. God doesn't betray them. And they know that. Uh, and do you think the, the growing conflict in, in society in general, and this is my view, is that there has been some sort of disconnect from spirituality and it doesn't necessarily need to be of one particular faith or the other, but the, you know, the increasing secular nature of society has has lent itself to that individual construct where people are feeling more and more separated from each other and that in turn gives rise to the increasing levels of, of conflict in, in in the world what, what are you well I that? think that yeah I, 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 I certainly think that um, um, it's a, a a pretty difficult world. Our economic system um, can dominate and be the um, the only consideration, um, and human beings can get left behind, and um, um, and we can put those economic considerations ahead of human beings, um, and do. We do put that in ahead of human beings, and people. Um, um, I, I'm I'm not too good at making generalisations. I I often I think everyone always has a, is a spark of the sacred and the divine in all of us that we um, are keep are trying to keep alive, mm -hmm. um, and. Uh, um, our world is often, you know, in one sense, you can say it's a better world. It's not. It 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 it, it's, it says it's less um, 
uh, institutional. Uh, it's, it's less about fear. It's less about con conformity. It's less judgmental. It, it, it celebrates the, the individual. It celebrates diversity. It celebrates um, uh, um, initiatives, creativity. So at the same time, um, uh, I... Um, can I just draw you back to addiction because that's the yeah. uh, obviously topic of the podcast and sure. I think addiction and, and its increasing uh, prevalence in society, it's almost at epidemic levels, you could almost say. Uh, it, in my view, that's also a byproduct of the increasing uh, disconnect that we all feel and that's that that's where i believe that spirituality has a place in well yeah, from my experience, no. a huge place in in recovery from addiction mm. you're very familiar with the 12 steps aren't you sure sure you've spoken to me about no, well, I, I i do agree with you about that that um, i was listening to a bloke talking uh with richard feidler conversation with him about um psychedelic drug uh, that can open, expand your mind, as it were, sure. shake the snow, shake the snow, as it were. You know those little bottles. Sure. Uh, you don't need to take anything to um, allow this uh, to, to enter into the a sacred place. You only need to open our eyes to one another and to the world we live in, um, to be amazed and to live in wonder and gratitude. Um, but I do think we're we're kind of under stress and strain the pressures to, to in economic press, pressures and um, we don't um, allow ourselves to um, um, as it were do nothing uh, but I want uh, to thank you Steve because you were the one who suggested to me the name of the gift of addiction and to me that seems so appropriate because just on what you were talking about you don't need to take drugs to to realize the uh, just the majesty of life, the sacredness of life. Mm. But it can be obscured so easily for people. And and having suffered from addiction, and uh, if you can be in the grips of addiction and then somehow come through it with some type of spiritual uh, solution, then that there is the gift because you've seen the other side and then you can come through mm. to really it's appreciate in, and have in, gratitude for what life is all about. Yeah, I can. I, it's interesting you say that, Bertie, because I've um, been seeing a fellow, young fellow, 50, his early 50s, who's got uh, motor neuron disease and he can't move, his, move a, a limb. He's just losing his voice and um, here and his um, um, ability to swallow um, beginning to lose that too it's it's a it's a horrendous disease uh, you know we had conversation but um, that we would never have had when he was in his prime physically uh, we had a really um, deep and wonderful and um, uh, conversation and, and, and established a friendship with one another um, and it's almost as if that disease has been 
it was only he had to be struck down to find peace. Um, and most of us, off it's it's what it's a gift of addiction because it strikes us down. We can't cope anymore. Our lives are unmanageable, and then we find what we've been looking for all the time. Uh, That's right. We find That's a piece. Saint Francis saying, "What you're looking for is where you're looking from." Is it right? Uh, but you see, it, 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 unless you're struck down, the people. Are, um, I had talking to a friend last night in prison. He had a day out, the first day out. He went in to sit in Melbourne. He said he couldn't believe how busy people were. They just didn't stop, and they were rude. Mm. <laughs> so, I mean. We take that for granted, but he's been in prison. They've got nothing to do. They're, 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 they're talking to one another. But he went into town, into the city, and couldn't believe it. So um, the, it's a gift because it stops us in our tracks. And we are left then to, um, we have to, I, this my friend with motor neuron disease. We we we've remembered that phrase of um, who's that singer who's into your arms, Lord. Um, I forget the name of the singer. It's a it's a wonderful song. But in the end, you know, he is just simply into your hands, into your arms, Lord. That's my life now. Into your arms. Um, do I talk about the, uh, I was going to say halfway house, but it's more of a community that you've built yeah. you know, there in Bathurst, which is uh, just west of Sydney uh, in the country. It's a, a community for people who have recently been released from prison or long-term rehabilitation centres. I understand you've got several houses there and you're sure. essentially doing the same thing that you did in King's Cross, except... Uh, well, I, they're no longer on. The people on in the cross would sleep on the porch of the church. Now they now we share the same table. We we share the same house, and um, so that's the you know. And they've always been a gift to me. The, the these people want, uh, and um, and I, I I wanted to. I've only got. I'm 71. I've got let's say 20 years left, and um, I'd like to live with these people. And as I as this life uh, slowly changes. <laughs> do, do a lot of these people coming out of prison have addiction problems? Is like yeah, yeah. drugs right yeah. throughout prison? Uh, they do. They do. It's a, it's all, it, it very, they do have addiction problems. Well, the ones I meet, the large, large majority of them. Um, and what, what and, drugs oh, they're are all, they addicted to? They're all they? smokers. They're all smokers. Yeah. It's alcohol too. Alcohol, uh, yeah. But um, um, it's it's pot. It's it's ice, particularly ice now here uh, where I am. Um, and um, yeah, but we um, and it, it's very difficult if they you can't live in community if you're still using or even you know as they would say dabbling. You know, once you once you start, it it you have your own private little friend, uh, and um, the the drug, and uh, so you you no longer your focus isn't the people you're living with. So it just doesn't work if you continue to use. 
And the other thing is, you know, we, people talk about mental health now and, and, the, and, and the mental illness. Most mental illness is triggered by the drugs, I'm sure, or, and, and long-term use of drugs. And, uh, you know, once they, if a bloke's not on drugs, he's fine. Most, you know, I'm, I'm sure there are plenty of people who, are, who have um, a, a deep mental illness that, uh, and, um, but I do believe that um, the drugs are the cause of mental illness. So what moment. do you think the solution is, Stephen? What help, can, if any, can you give these people? Uh... Um, well, you know, I don't use the words, don't have the word solution because human beings are mysteries. They're not solution, they're problems to be solved. Um, I, um, I live, I haven't got any solutions. I don't have, I, but I do believe in the power of a friendship and the and power of sharing a life together and the power of um, the moment and the shared moment and believing in someone. You know, I do believe in, 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 in the person in front of me. Um, and uh, I, um, uh, I know, and we all have the challenge to, uh, to grow, you know, so, and that's, people want to take up that challenge. People want to grow. Uh, and, um, and I, and just to be able to provide that, uh, a, a, you know, a place where they're, they're safe and, and, and secure and, and have a friend and, um, and can contribute, can contribute themselves. You know, they're not, they can, and I need them to make their own contribution. So I don't see, you know, I, I don't see, um, I don't see people as having problems. I think we, we all need to grow. That's the thing. And they need, we all need to work out the ways we need to grow each day. Uh, sure. Hmm. Steve, I'm interviewing uh, in the next few days somebody from the Australian uh, Drug Reform Foundation who's arguing that all drugs, including ice and heroin, should be legalised and that there should be reform in this area and, and the emphasis on uh, drugs, in, in at least on a political level, should be on a harm reduction, mental health, medical side more than a criminal uh, sanctioned type of system that that we have what what are your views on that i know that um, you may not be particularly um qualified to, to give an opinion but i just thought i'd ask you because you've got sure. experience sure um look i have spoke to people who speak like that and i think it people need to we need to look at how we as a society uh, um, the policies we have around drugs and those that are and what what's legal and um, and what's available and what can be made available and to what age group and and so on so i would i think we do need to constantly be looking at um, at that those questions and 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 not simply being around not simply the punitive model or the criminalizing model. I think that's a fairly um, a blunt model and we need to look around at other societies and see what they're doing. Um, so that is a, we need to have that kind of research being done. Well, for, for me, Steve, it's, it's, it's quite a ridiculous policy. It's quite obvious that the war, so-called war on drugs has failed and they're trying to suppress 
demand for drugs, wherever there is a demand, there will be a supply. And it tends to just give uh, the mm. power to criminal organisations and there's no way you can just, uh, you know, extinguish sure. the demand. Sure. And in, in, in jurisdictions such as Portugal, as, as far as I know, and other um, places in the world that have actually legalised recreational drugs, all of them, the, the, mm. the, use, the actual use rate has fallen. Mm. But, Chip, to, Bertie, the thing is that I would say the biggest narcotic is success. The biggest narcotic is money. The biggest narcotic is status. Um, it's a. It's not simply you know for us to focus on the, the poor unfortunate person who's using some sort of uh, drug. Um, that that's um, to me not all that important. We, but it, even though I do, that, as I've said earlier, they are a mirror to ourselves. And what are we doing about those other uh, drugs that we um, are? That are, that are destroying our society, community in our society, and destroying our cosmos. So, I, but we need to have these people doing that kind of research, but more importantly, we need to look at what sort of society uh, has um, so marginalised and, uh, and uh, scapegoated the, 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 the unfortunate people who, whose lives are out of control with drugs um, but the the real lack the real um, um, real issues are are other it's the way our our um, our economy works the way people are addicted to and um, you getting getting bigger getting more more money getting always greed well, it's, 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 it's ridiculous to think that, you know, the economic system we have of perpetual economic growth is sustainable. It's, it's, I just don't think we can do it. But can I quickly just bring you back now to, we talked about 12-step um, programs and you're very yeah. familiar with, with the steps. Yeah. And you, yeah. you suggested to me that it was the, that the 12 steps, particularly the first three steps, could apply to, to society at large. And I found that a very interesting topic. So the first step is that we admitted we were powerless and that our lives had become, well, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol or our addiction and that our lives had become unmanageable. And then yeah. number two is that we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. And number three, made a decision to turn our will and our life over to the care of mm. God as we understood him. How, how, do you, how do those apply to people well, living? They're, they're at the heart of every, um, every person's life. That how many, you know, I, why, why do I hold on to um, um, my hurt? Why do I hold on? Why do I say things about other people? Why do I see people in the ways I often do that are not true to them or fair to them? Um, you know, I'm powerless over that. I, I think and I do things and say things that I uh, wish I didn't, but I do. And uh, but I, the second step is there's a there is this uh, forgiving 
God in who's you know shown us his face and to surrender to hand myself over to that person that that's the heart of my life um, and that's a daily experience of uh, you'd more or less say hourly experience moment by moment um, you know I don't love people and I I don't uh, really love the person in front of me I don't um, I'm not generous to that person I don't uh, um, and I'd like to be, but I can't be. So you, I've got to acknowledge that. And but thank God, there's a there is another, and I can surrender myself and that to that person's power, uh, to and let that be at work. Mm. So I don't see. I think you know the twelve steps actually mirror um, a way of life for all of us. Yep. Yes, and for, for my understanding, especially number three, is when you you make a decision to turn your will and your life over to the care of God, mm-hmm. is that you stop running your life on self-will, and especially for people who have got to the predicaments they have through their addiction or alcoholism, they can clearly see that their self-will has got them nowhere. Sure, 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 yeah. Um, I'm not a great one for will and the word will and they're fairly vague, they're fairly abstract concepts. But I, I like that word surrender, um, uh, offering, letting go. You know, it's like when you, yeah, in a relationship, um, letting go. Um, you know, the ultimate surrender will be to death. Um, just let go. And it's, is it into nothing, emptiness, or is it into another's arms? Uh, I. Uh, and that's you can do that at any point of that. Of the, there's always this dying going on in our lives, um, and it's wonderful to be able to surrender oneself into the arms of another, uh, whose whose arms, whose who has, you know, who is uh, powerful in the best sense of that word. Well, Steve, it's been an absolute pleasure yeah. having you on, on the program. You you actually have been my first guest on The Gift of Addiction and I would uh, be honoured if you were to maybe come back in a few episodes or whenever it may be, whenever you have time and the invitation is an open-ended invitation for you, Steve, to come and have a chat with me here on The Gift of Addiction. Anytime, Bertie, you know that. Good on you, Steve. <laughs> Good on you. Thanks for, thanks for coming on. Okay, mate. Bye. Okay, bye.